some of the, the, um, the things that we think about at Christmas time and the things that we do at Christmas time. And then we're going to come back and think about the, the verses that we heard from the Bible in the video earlier. And we're going to think about just what it is uh, that's joyful about this season. Bryce. It's dark. The world lies in sin and error pining. The shadows are conspiring, but a light is coming. The Lord has been quiet for four centuries. The prophets are gone. There are no signs to see. It's silent. But let me tell you something. A voice is coming. The patriarchs are long dead. The judges were traded for a bunch of crowned heads. This monarchy, though, consistently failed and misled. No system is working. But there's a new king coming. Man's dead in religion. Legalism reigns. Ceremonial acts which are just simply profane. The law is not working. But a new covenant is coming. The people are defiling. The rituals God is despising. Even the priests are compromising. And the sin offerings, they're worthless sacrificing. Oh, but get ready because a lamb is coming. The temple is a den of thieves. A brood of vipers are the Pharisees. Same too for the Sadducees. They don't even know there's a new high priest coming. The nations are suffering. Evil is chuckling. And the faithful are left wondering, does God even care? Oh, let me tell you something. Emmanuel is coming. God's people desire a glorious king. The world is yearning for eternity. A perfect sacrifice each soul desperately needs. It's a silent night, but hope is in sight. A most precious gift God is bestowing. The Bethlehem star begins glowing. Let the good news start growing. A baby is coming. I just realised putting that video on after singing the Aussie Jingle Bells is quite a stark contrast, isn't it? And that's okay. Uh, that kind of contrast is actually something that I want us to feel and kind of feeds into what we're going to think a little bit about this morning. In our household, one of our favourite Christmas decorations is this little babushka doll set. Okay, I actually, kids, I might need a little bit of help here. 
Um, who would like to hold these out for me? Okay, Theo, you can start, mate. Now, that is, who do you think that is? This big doll. Joseph, well done. Hold him up high above your head so everyone can see him. Sonny, who's Joseph married to? Mary. Okay, hold it up. And then who came to visit baby Jesus? Brittany? It's a... Yeah, a wise man. Yeah, Hold it up so stand next to Theo so everyone can see. And we've got... Who sang to the shepherds about what was happening? Oh, Caden, come on out, man. An angel, there you go, mate. Oh, you are the angel, aren't you? Where's your chair? Hold it up high. And then right in the middle of the whole thing is tiny, tiny, tiny Luna. Luna, do you want to come and hold it up? No, she's a bit shy. Yeah, Lily. She wants to. Do you want to come and help Lily? Now, these are my mums, and I learned this morning that my sister Linda got them on a good Boxing Day sale at a Dares or somewhere like that. So they were super cheap as well, which is fantastic. It's the best time to buy Christmas decorations is next week. Um, and aren't they cute? And when these came out in my mum and dad's lounge room, little Luna, my daughter, my two-year-old daughter and I, had a beautiful little time playing with these guys, putting them together, pulling them apart. That one's a bit loose. Maybe that's why it was on sale. But... And don't they look cute? And we can often do this at Christmas time. We have these beautiful, cute, cute images. Okay, who thinks they can pack them up? Oh, he's got, a, he's got a, one of those headdresses on. Yeah, his long hair's covered up. Okay, now, can you take them all to um, Carolyn and Carolyn will put them back together? Okay, thank you. Oh, it's Star Wars, that's cool. Okay. Now, when it comes to Christmas time, we often picture the Christmas story in this super cute kind of way. We see Mary and Joseph on their nice little journey down to Bethlehem, almost like they're taking off on holidays. That's what you do at Christmas time, isn't it? Take off on holidays. Sometimes we picture the story like, oh, there's a little bit of drama in it. Mary's pregnant and suddenly her water's breaking quick. We've got to find somewhere for her to go got to find a place urgently. And they kind of cruise around everywhere, but there's no room. There's no vacancy at any of the places. The town's full, and there's no room at the local hotel. But there's a hero in the story, isn't there? The, The famous innkeeper that finds one special place for them out the back where the animals are. And even though it's not ideal, he's kind of saved the day so that happy little baby Jesus can be born. And we kind of get this picture of this happy, cheerful birth out the back in the stable. And it's all very pretty. A cheery, happy little birth and a beautiful story to tell at Christmas time. What do you do to get ready for Christmas? I just mentioned that we got our little babushka dolls out, but do you do the clean-up around your house? Do you cut the grass and get to all those dishes that have been piling up? Do you get your house looking nice and uncluttered for the Christmas time? No. Do you get your house looking nice and neat and tidy? Do you get the lights out on your house at Christmas time? A lot of people do. 
And do you throw baby Jesus somewhere in the middle of all this? Set up in your house a nice little nativity set, a cute little reminder of the Christmas story among our tidy houses with our happy families and all that beautiful Christmas food. Doesn't that neat and tidy version of Jesus fit perfectly in that picture? Now, I'm not sure whether your life is is that idyllic, a bit like a a TV show or something like that, or whether your life's a little bit more, uh, more realistic and not quite as much. But we do go to those kind of efforts, and especially at a Christmas time. Our ideal Christmas season is of having happiness, happy times, of having peace and having order and having no mess. But the thing is, the Christmas story isn't really like that. That picture actually tricks us. Because when we look at the true Christmas story, it's not as neat and it's not as tidy at that at all. It's actually the story of a teenage mum. And just like in our days, the idea of a teenage mum is still one that is a little bit controversial, a little bit uh, carrying shame. Listen to what these verses from Luke remind us of. These are printed on your sheet, and they also were in that video that we had earlier in the this, this service. When they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. See, the myth that we need to bust straight up is that Mary's waters didn't suddenly break and they needed to find somewhere to stay. They were actually already in Bethlehem when the time came from the baby to be born. The Bible tells us that they were actually already there. And they'd already found a place to stay. So there was no urgent need to quick, the baby's coming, we've got to find somewhere to go. The drama in the story is not about the booked out Bethlehem. But, oh, and sorry, there is no hero in the story. There is actually no innkeeper. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. See, there is no innkeeper, but it does talk about a guest room. It is true that Jesus was born in a manger, but it wasn't in a local hotel. See, when the Bible talks about a guest home, a guest room, culturally that would have actually been like your spare bedroom in your house, where you keep set up for when family come to visit. And we know that David went to his hometown to be registered in the census. So why has he turned up? And no one's giving him a guest room because he's turned up with a teenage pregnant bride, hasn't he? It's a shameful story. The furnished space in the upper level of the house was the guest, the sort of place you'd set aside for a pregnant woman, but it's not available for them. Why didn't they prepare a place for him? They'd probably known about the shotgun wedding that had happened after they found out that she was pregnant. And they've kind of turned up there and no one wants anything to do with them. And the story doesn't just end there, does it? The rest of the story we learn about the shepherds and the shepherds show up. And really, if you think about who the shepherds were, they were the lowest people in the society. They were people that lived their days in and out, out in fields with sheep. Now, I don't know how much you've had to do with sheep, but sheep are pretty stinky Okay, they don't wash or bath. They kind of forage around for grass and they live where they 
um, go to the toilet. They're not very hygienic animals. And these shepherds spent their day and night with these, these shepherds were literally out in the fields with these dirty animals. And they're the ones that turn up to the birth of Jesus. See, we've actually sanitised the Christmas story, haven't we? And we have that beautiful little picture of the babies in the manger. And when we really look at what the Bible says about it, it's far more uh, messy than any of those things. But right in the middle of this story, we read these few verses as the angels appear to the shepherds and they interpret what's going on for us. It tells us there, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. This is still speaking to the shepherds. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Today in the town, oh, that's the one that we just had, isn't it? But the angel said, oh, we just read that. I'm going over it. Okay. He says to them, I bring you good news of great joy. Why is this such joyful news? I've just undone it for us, haven't I? It's actually kind of confronting news and kind of a little bit dirty and a very messy kind of story. It's not the neat Christmas picture that we normally have. But we actually read these things together because that's exactly what Christmas is about and that is exactly what the whole message of God's Word, the Bible, is about. Because the mess going on in this story is a consequence of the mess that's going on in our whole world, the consequence of sin. And Jesus comes not as a cute baby. Yes, he is a cute baby, but that's not what he comes to be. The angels announce that he comes to be a saviour. And you only need a saviour when you've got something to be saved from. See, in this story, there's all the stories of shame. There's the stories of oppression, the Romans making them go off to register somewhere for a, for a census, the stories of sin in our own world and in our life. And what does Jesus do? He comes right into that mess. In fact, this baby is born for that mess, to be the solution to it. He doesn't come just to be a baby. He comes to be the one that will go like this picture shows us to the cross, to the cross where he will die, where he will take the shame. And so we've got to think, why do the angels tell them that this is good news that will bring great joy? Why does this bring such great joy for us? Because... If you can understand this the way that the Bible tells it, he came for your mess. See, if we're honest with ourselves, none of us are as good as we would like to be, as good as we sometimes think we are, or as good as we hope to be. There's shame in each of our lives. There's messiness. There's mistakes. But the great news is that Jesus came for those very things. He came to be that saviour. The right way to understand Jesus' birth is to remember that it was for a life that would be lived, for a death that would be died, and for a resurrection, a coming to life again, that is the source of true joy. Because in that, we can come to it 
receive it and find freedom in it because God declares it forgiven when we do that. Forgiven because of the saviour that he sent for us. What's your Christmas story going to be? Obviously, Christmas isn't something you're going to ignore because you're here, but it can be something that we very quickly sanitise and just leave as that nice little uh, nativity in the corner of our house, or might just be that good little thing that we did by making it to a church service. And don't get me wrong, we love that you're all here. But I want to encourage you that there is good news of great joy to be found in the message of Christmas, in the message of the gospel, in the message of the Bible, that God has truly spoken into our world. And when we listen and when we receive, we'll find the great joy of knowing him. Let me pray for us all that that would be our Christmas story. Loving Father, we give you great thanks for the good news of great joy that we have at Christmas time for the joy of a saviour, for the joy of knowing you. Father, I pray over everyone here that they would know that joy, Lord, whether it's from their deep Christian convictions of the life they live following you, Lord, build them up in that. Fill them with joy. Strip away distractions. Father, for, for people that are here that don't know you, please, Father, open their hearts this Christmas time to know the joy and the peace that comes from having a saviour, the saviour that you've provided for us in Jesus Christ. We ask this in his mighty name. Amen.